Hey, Chris. Hey, Adam. Did you know that Pringles aren't actually potato chips? What? Yeah. The next time you see a can of Pringles, take a closer look. You won't see the word chip anywhere on the packaging. That's because Pringles aren't made of thinly sliced potatoes, but instead dehydrated potato flakes pressed into their signature parabolic shape. That's what makes them less greasy, don't you know? Potato flakes? I guess. I don't know. The uh, the FDA uh, ruled that Pringles couldn't be marketed as chips because other potato chip manufacturers were like bitching about it. So the company eventually settled on claiming that they are potato crisps. <laughs> so I think it's like the way they process it. Like okay. obviously, like potato chips are like they they slice a potato and then fry them or like whatever. Yeah. But I guess Pringles are potato. F- Flakes. <laughs> that does not sound appetizing it, at all. It does, I, I'll still eat a Pringle, but that just yeah, that oh, makes man. me think of like dandruff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's that's exactly where my mind went. I was like, that doesn't. Mm, that's not Pringles. <laughs> Unless it's like corn flakes. I don't want flakes yeah. being a or flakes of pepper. Like there are or pepper good, flakes. Yeah. yeah, there's good flakes, but potato <laughs> flakes. I don't know about that. Well, this is the Outcast podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of the Oddcast Podcast. What's up, Adam? Not too much, Chris. How you doing? I'm doing. We got a good episode. I think this is our best one yet. Oh yeah. I would yeah say. If we had to end on this one, then so be it. But oh. it's 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 a good one. Well, all right. Well, yeah. yeah for I, a guess, treat. I guess that's. Pun intended, because it's good... all about food. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Our guest, Tom Barthelms, a uh, sous chef up at Central Provisions in Portland, Maine. Uh, we learned a lot about his career and just uh, uh, the cooking profession as a whole. We also learned that I apparently say the word go-to. A lot. A lot. And uh, I hope it's not all you hear now that we pointed <laughs> it out. I hope you can look past it, and I will do my best to never say it again after this episode, but uh, you've been warned. Uh, but yeah, we we talk. We have a great conversation with uh, with Tom. Um, we we cover a lot of ground. Um, so before we get into that, Adam, you've got an album for us. I do. Um, so I picked the Mars Volta's Bedlam and Goliath, or the Bedlam and Goliath, if you're going to be, you know, fancy and say the whole thing. <laughs> um, but the Mars Volta to pick this one was a tough choice. Um, I honestly like all their albums, but I I. I Went with Bedlam only because this was the album that um, I was introduced with to get into mm. uh, the Mars Volta. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just so in your face. Those first, like, four or five tracks um, are really just loud and chaotic and just all over the place. Um, and then as I listen to it more, uh, there's actually a little story behind it. Mm. Um, I don't know if you know anything behind like the recording process during this. Album. Oh, I and, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, so my memory. So I did some research because yeah. uh, I didn't want to confuse anybody or make sure. Like, I want to make sure I have the right information. So I guess Cedric went to Amsterdam. Cedric, the uh, the singer. Yes. Yep. Went to Amsterdam and he went to this like old shop, like your stereotypical like. Antique shop, I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah, um, but Amsterdam style. And I guess he found, <laughs> I guess he found this Ouija board that he was gonna give to Omar. 
when he got back. And I guess it was like this Ouija board with like poems. And they the band eventually named the Ouija board the Soothsayer, which is one of the tracks on mm-hmm. the album. Um, and I guess the poems that they found um, described like this mother, daughter, and man like being in this like love triangle. Jeez. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know, but they uh, but they believed that they were in contact with these three entities within the poems, uh-huh. and I guess the entities like converged onto like one into one being, which the band ended up calling Goliath. Okay. Another track on the album um but eventually like shit got weird Mm -hmm. so they threw the ouija board away well so like Uh, what what happened so their studio flooded twice oh my god twice their their main engineer had a mental breakdown and almost had the band have to recreate the album like i guess he was like losing his mind oh like start over yeah um i guess they went through like two logic systems they went through two like sound boards or something like that um cedric had to get leg surgery and had to relearn how to walk um it got so bad that like omar basically told the band to just stop even speaking about the board like all together and basically the concept around the album became based on their experiences with the entities that they encountered um, the Ouija board. Yeah, and all the crazy oh, stuff that happened to them. And I guess Cedric also claims that there's like commentary on women's treatment in Islamic society. Not to get super heavy, but okay. his words, not mine. Sure. And I guess overall, their whole approach to recording the album in general is just different. Like in comparison to albums previous, I guess they would like rip through tracks. Like in Amputexture, they would just like one, two takes, like bam, let's go, yeah. go, go. Um, this one, they would only do three recordings in an hour. Huh. Yeah. And I guess it was to do, like, reflection on okay the music and just kind of understand, like, what they were going through and kind of the crazy stuff that they encountered. Sure. So the whole album in itself is a trip. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but it's excellent. Really in your face. Thomas Pridgen's first album that he's on. Yeah. Uh, he's a beast on the drums. Yeah. Well, Good I... Shit. I remember there was some wacky shit going on um, during the recording of that record, and they believed that it was because of the Ouija board and the spirits it was channeling. But I, I, I didn't remember, or maybe I never even knew some of those details. That's whack. Didn't they end yeah. up? Didn't they end up burying it behind the studio or something afterwards? I have I no they got rid idea. Of it. The, the the stuff I read is they just got rid of it. So yeah. if they buried it, they buried it. But yeah, they they got rid of that thing. Yeah, real quick. and I don't blame them. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good album. That's a good pick. Well, so uh, my pick this episode is one that I, I had in mind for a while, but it actually worked out that it was the episode that Tom is on because one of the things that Tom and I talk a lot about is music. And in high school especially, we were both into the band Muse in a big way. And um, this album, for me, is their best album. It's not the first one that I heard. I, I think the first one I heard was um, Absolution. And um, when I discovered that album like I do with basically every every new band that I come across I want to learn like the whole catalog so I went back um, this album is their second album it's called Origin of Symmetry I think it was out in 2000 or 2001 I think their first record a lot of people sort of wrote them off as like a as like a radio head mm. wannabe okay uh, and there there were some things that were pretty similar stylistically but uh, this album they really made it clear that they were their own band there's a lot of crazy textures uh especially in the guitars like he gets he gets some 
wild sounds out of that instrument. Yeah. Uh, he's also a motherfucker piano player, keyboard synthesizer, all of that, and he's all over the album. Um, he being Matt Bellamy, who's the singer and, and guitar player and, and writes all the music. There are just really beautiful moments. There are really heavy moments. There are really just the energy on this album is is really something else, and it's definitely one of my favorites for sure. I think it's I think it's one of Tom's too. But um, yeah, Origin and Symmetry, go check it out. It's um, I mean it's it's not new. <laughs> I think the album's like twenty years old, but it is worth a listen. Uh, Adam, Chris. What do you say we get to the main event? Yes, let's do it. The main event. Can we talk, Adam? What's that? Can we talk? What no, do you want, what, we, we don't Tom, allow him to talk, actually. It's Tom, like, what do you want to talk about? How the fuck are you, man? You, you tell me. You, you tell me. Dude, I haven't talked to you in, like, years, and all of a sudden I get an invitation onto your goddamn podcast. So <laughs> what's going on? Uh, not too much, man. First Just... of all, you're alive. Yes, I am. I am, in fact, alive. Uh, yeah, we, we checked. We, we looked into it, and he is, in fact, um, he's alive. Yes. Yes. But, um, yeah, man, I uh, went to went to Keene with Chris for about a year, finished that up for uh, undergrad, and then I came down here for grad school at uhart which was an absolute nightmare and uh mm. long and short of it um and now oddly enough i am working as a uh sales coordinator at the local ymca so that's kind of that's kind of where yeah life has kind of guided me towards so it's been pretty interesting how about that yeah all right what's it like your your parents one day put you down and they never picked you up again. I sort of feel like that with like the last time I saw Adam Rand. It's like one day I hung out with him and then I never heard from him again for ten years. Yeah, yeah, that that's basically what happened. All right, so uh, we have a good friend of both of ours. We've known him for a long time. His name is Tom Barthelms. He is currently a sous chef at Central Provisions in Portland, Maine. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Hey guys, I am doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Uh, so, I got a bunch of random questions, food related, uh, that I want to mm-hmm. bring up to you guys. And uh, for the people who are listening that don't know, I want them to know a bit more about you. So, how did you get started? When when did you start cooking, like seriously? Uh, well, I mean, my first job was when I was uh, just before I turned sixteen. Um, started as a dishwasher at uh, Jerome's Deli. Uh, but I mean, honestly, I, I started cooking when I was really young, you know, with my mom and my grandmother lived with us growing up. So, um, I always liked to be in the kitchen with them. Um, and it was always something I really enjoyed. I, I watched, you know, Julia Child on TV as a kid. And, um, you know, when I was early in high school, I think that's like when Top Chef came out and all those kinds of shows and really kind of opened my eyes to some of that stuff. And I started getting interested in, into cooking. So that's why I decided do get a job as a dishwasher in the first place um, to get some experience to go to culinary school. That was one of the uh, requirements to getting in. Sure. You just experience in, in a restaurant? Yeah. Uh, at the time, they required minimum six months food service experience before you even get there. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I decided to start as a dishwasher, hopefully work my way up, and eventually uh, I became like a manager basically like in the kitchen before I, I graduated. So it was a great experience. 
do you was there was there like a moment of clarity for you like when you were cooking something like you, you maybe you made dinner for your family or you had some friends over uh and you you prepared a meal and you and you realized this is what i want to do yeah maybe i mean i i guess i had the notion already i don't think it was a a meal in particular right. i think there was one summer when i told my mom that i wanted to cook like one night every week and obviously she's totally fine with that because she's a mom and has three kids who are home all day and probably want to come <laughs> home and have to cook for them after so she's like yes please fine um and i started doing that and that was a lot of fun i think that's when i really started kind of exploring it and realized that there was so much to learn about it and realized that it was it kind of held my attention mm. cool my curiosity a little bit yeah um cool so you you uh you finish up at jerome's you graduate uh high school you go to culinary institute of america in hyde park new york Tell me, tell me about your experience there. Like uh, some of the big things that you did, some of the big lessons that you learned. Uh, I mean, I guess like the biggest lesson I learned there is, particularly in kitchens, it's it's uh, the networking that's yeah. so important into getting to anywhere. Um, I did a lot of uh, dodges or trails. Uh, it's basically when you go as like an unpaid, I don't know, observer. They don't need your help. Uh, you go into <laughs> a restaurant for a day or a weekend or a week or however long it is. Some, some places it's, you know, months. Um, but I would take that time because we were less than two hours north of New York City to go down uh, to the city on my weekends, maybe once a month or every other month uh, into a bunch of different restaurants and just work and learn and watch. And that was a really cool experience into kind of opening my eyes to what was really out there. Yeah. Um, so that, that was probably the, the biggest thing if I hadn't, gone to culinary school i wouldn't have gotten my first job opportunity in new york i thought i had something in california but that fell through um so i ended up in new york and uh yeah that I, I wouldn't have made those connections without going to the school um yeah very cool yeah i think that that's that's probably the biggest thing the, the cooking school honestly it's more like the foundation yeah because everywhere does things totally differently i mean even three-star restaurants that are at the top of their game like they'll make a, something as simple as a chicken stock differently than another place will what was your extern experience like uh over in nantucket before i went i had an, uh some like other opportunities like one was in new york of a restaurant that kind of went big like they like they really um came into their own over like a year or two after i had turned them down to go to nantucket so i kind of wish i had gone there but no kidding it was a uh this restaurant called 11 Madison Park, which at the time was kind of up and coming and very exciting. And a couple of years ago, they were named the best restaurant in the world. So, oh, my God. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, it it turned out fine. I, I got into some other really terrific places, so I'm not going to complain sure. at all. Um, but, yeah, Nantucket was great. Uh, it was my first time really living on my own. College is very, very structured. So officially, like, living on your own and having a job, and that was uh, very exciting, honestly. It was a lot of work, open my eyes to what a, you know, 60 plus hour week on your feet every day kind of feels like. And all I can say is it was great. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's, like it's a beautiful island. I, I spend a lot of time biking around and reading cookbooks a lot, you know, sure. learning a lot. I know for me, um, you know, I, I got a, a music ed degree in undergrad and it took me until student teaching to realize that I wasn't really cut out for it. Do you, do you think a lot of folks at culinary <laughs> school get through, you know, a good amount of classes and then get to the externship and realize, Oh man, this isn't for me. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, I feel like everybody goes into the associate's program, which is the first two years, mm -hmm. um, which is very cooking focused, thinking, I'm going to come out of here as a chef. Uh, and then at the end of it, um, I'd honestly say maybe half of them are like, yeah, I'm going to go to the front of the house, or I'm going to become a sommelier or, or do something else in the industry. But like, I am not going to be a chef. But I'd, I'd honestly say it probably goes from like 90%. I'm going to be a chef to probably like close to 50%. I'm going to be a chef. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a lot, man. It's a lot of work for not a lot of money. Yeah. You got to really love you know, When you're a kid, you think like, ah, oh, that's nothing. But when you got, you know, real bills and you're living it, it's like, oh, this is actually kind of hard. But you really <laughs> got to love it. For sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you finished up at CIA. Uh, you moved down to New York City. Where were you working there? Uh, so my first job in New York was a place called Lincoln, mm -hmm. um, which is a very modern looking restaurant in uh, the Lincoln. Yeah, I mean, Lincoln Center, uh, yeah. but it's where like the, the Metropolitan Opera is and all that. Um, so a couple of years before I had graduated, they broke ground on this restaurant. It looks, it looks really bizarre. You can look it up, I'm sure, right now, but it's, it's glass, floor to ceiling. And imagine a rectangle where one corner was raised in three dimensions and then the opposite corner was raised in three dimensions and on that was the roof it was this twisted rectangle basically and it was completely grass and it covered this wall to wall floor to ceiling window of glass and inside the restaurant is all glass it looks totally alien um really beautiful right in front of a reflecting pool right next to the metropolitan opera mm -hmm. um it's an italian restaurant uh run by a chef who had just left a restaurant called Per Se, which, you know, when when he was there and often today still is considered one of the rest, best restaurants in America mm -hmm. and in the world. Um, and he had just left the chef de cuisine position there to open this Italian restaurant. Um, and that's where I started. And I worked there for a year, almost two years, almost two years. Mm -hmm. And I worked through basically every station there, starting as a... Uh, a pasta prep cook making pasta for nine hours a day <laughs> eight different shapes eight different doughs made fresh every day all right so so you started uh, as a pasta chef by the time you moved to a different job uh what were you what were you doing before you left uh i mean i started as making pasta and then i moved over to the cold side through the am and then the pm um same thing with the pasta station like cooking the pasta on the line the am cook got my ass absolutely handed to me i did i really didn't realize i didn't know how to line cook until that job wow. and i would get yelled at every single day and then uh <laughs> were there any memorable uh yeah it was uh stern talkings to or any anything any, oh, any man. stories like like slamming a pot down on top of a uh a really like probably two inch thick uh french top cooking top just smacking a stainless steel pot on it's really really loud Oh my god! And it, uh, it really hurts the ears a little bit, but it'll definitely get your attention <laughs> enough times. Um, yeah, I mean, there, it was it was a very strict kitchen, very intense. Sure. Um, and eventually moved up to the PM, and where it was, was kind of like the the prime time, so to speak. Right. And at that point, we had gained a Michelin star, which was really cool to be part of a team that got it. Wow. A Michelin star, um, and. I was probably cooking pasta on the line, honestly, for oh, a year, about a year of just 
going to work every day and just cooking pasta Man. and eventually got to a point where i would cook i'd go home i'd sleep and i would dream that i was at work <laughs> and then i would wake up and i would go to work literally it was just like i swear to god just like weeks and weeks went by and all i did was just talk about being in the zone it was just Man, yeah that's no all kidding. i did that's really how I, I learned how to be a line cook which is a really really essential totally essential skill for being a chef and then i worked yeah. at the fish station a little bit of meat and butchery uh and then i moved on but was yeah a... so i know uh i mean i visited you once at the at the cia and i, I got a a bit of a sense of um you know just the curriculum i guess but how much of um how much of what you do today or or did at lincoln and everything like i imagine there's a good amount that you just can't really learn in the classroom yeah i mean i'm sure it's kind of like music i always find myself kind of comparing food and music together because mm -hmm. you guys obviously know i you know played a lot with you guys in in high school oh, yeah um but it, it's one of those things where like you can read it and you can be taught it but until you're kind of in it and you're doing it every day and you're, you know, applying little changes to something and see how that affects the result. Like you just, you get to know something really intimately that way through experience. Um, right. Until you really get out there, it's stuff doesn't quite stick. It's not that I didn't use that stuff in school, but that stuff didn't really like stick until I started like doing it every day, going home and reading about it later that night. Why did this happen? You know, that kind of thing. So, all right. So after Lincoln, um, where did you go? Where did, where did you work in the city? Uh, so I had explored a little bit, um, uh, possibly going to a restaurant upstate New York, which they actually offered me a job um, that I thought about doing, but the, the pay was not very good. And uh, it would be a commute. I'd actually have to be driving out of the city while living in the city, and then probably might have to leave. Oh, yes. I wasn't yeah. sure if I was ready to do that yet. So um, I talked to my chef a little bit more uh, about possibly getting into per se, which is where he had worked before. Then, um, you know, we kind of set a date, uh, which was months away. I, I made a stage at per se, spent a night. They offered me a job for down the road when I was basically done with my time uh, with Jonathan Benno at Lincoln. Um, that once I had honored that, you know, they would welcome me into per se. Um, and then I thought about doing a stage in like Scandinavia and oh, got wow. accepted for that. Uh, and then went to Chapeno about it. And he looked at me like I was crazy. Like, You're going to go to the woods and pick twigs and berries for three months in the year in the winter. It's like, no, go to per se, like, like stop with this, like enough with this. Like, don't, you're not, you're not messing with that. Go to per se. Um, so I did uh, a little bit earlier than we originally had talked about um, because they needed someone right then and there. So he was okay with it. And uh, I got into per se. I started as a, 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 a Comey actually, which is a, a prep cook. What kind of stuff are you making? Uh, get in at like, I think five in the morning. Oh. I would start with fresh juices, um, anything they needed for reductions in sauces on the line, beets, peppers, um, anything that was a, a brunoise, which is a very, very fine, small dice, almost like a two millimeters by two millimeters, um, perfect little cubes. Maybe it's a millimeter by millimeter. It's very small. Wow. Um, uh, doing that kind of knife work that really takes like maybe an hour to do a, a pint or a quart or something like that, um, which is, is 
just one small component of one sauce, which is part of a larger dish. And the line cook doesn't have an hour to just be brewing wine, like carrots, for example, or celery or onions, something like that. So I do that stuff, uh, any of the crackers and uh, twills, things like that. And how long were you there? Mm-hmm. Uh, in total, nine months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. And did you um, did you go somewhere else in the city, or is that when you left? No, no. Per se, really beat it out of me, man. <laughs> um, I can imagine. Is is nine uh, months a long time uh, to be on a job like that? Or I imagine you have some people who there for you know years. Yeah. No. I mean, you have you have like to be there for longer than like two years for example it's, it's literally gotta be your whole goddamn life like you can't you can't have anything else you cannot have a significant other you cannot have family that you like to see you can't uh have anything else good going on in your life like literally it just, it just requires everything of you <laughs> now, i mean it, now is that because the restaurant has such prestige behind it or is it just that is that's the business in new york yeah, well, yeah, I think it's it's both. I mean, okay. it, it being a per se made it amplified it so much. Um, it was Lincoln was was challenging. It was you know fifty or sixty hours a week in a very strict and disciplined kitchen. But you know you could smile at somebody. You could <laughs> maybe have a little side talk or a little make a joke here and there. And per se is like silence. It's silence. You don't talk. You don't. You don't ask about the game last night. You don't ask if they saw that show on Netflix. It's like you go to work, you show up exactly when you're supposed to be there. And like not a minute later, um, you go in with a game plan. You say hello to everybody. You look at your prep list. You should have already thought of exactly what your day looks like down to the task. Um, You need to be thinking about guests with allergies, making sure that you have a whole new dish ready to go. Um, if a guest has say like an eggplant allergy, for example, you're not just going to take the eggplant off the dish. You are going to cook that guest an entirely new dish. Mm-hmm. Um, so in addition to your crazy, uh, super perfect knife work and, and, and prep, you had to basically have a whole nother backup plan for, for, for guests like that. Oh man. It, gave me anxiety every night because oh, uh, you weren't allowed to re- you weren't allowed to repeat any ingredient more than once on the menu yeah. and that included new off the menu dishes that you just had to throw together That's um, wild. It was, yeah and you couldn't even have a great plan that you thought was so good and then you get in there and chef's like no nah, i don't like that it's like <sighs> goes, what else you got it's like nothing literally nothing and then you just get you get an earful but i mean that kitchen was a was a shouting oh, kitchen yeah. lincoln uh, Lincoln Benno would have outbursts here and there, but per, per se was a it's pretty abusive, honestly. It's a yeah. pretty abusive place to work. Yeah. Um, but I mean it was it was it's as big leagues as it as it gets. It's three Michelin stars. It's like oh, I'm trying to find like the music equivalent, like I don't know if you were like an aspiring like time in grad school, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be it. It's like if you're an aspiring like rock and roll drummer and then Led Zeppelin was, I'm making it, not Led Zeppelin, say Foo Fighters. <laughs> Foo Fighters was going on tour and we're sure. like, Adam Rand, we want you to play drums on this tour. And you're like, I fucking grew up listening to you, like, and like idolized you and you were the goal and now I'm here. And it's like, it's really, it's, it's really intimidating. So, oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever cook for, for any famous folks yeah. or anybody? Pop yeah. Up? Yeah. 
Like who? Do you want me to like list them off? Let's no, get the bunch. Because every single one. Every Tom, last one. I want to know. Uh, I want to know what they ordered. I want to know what they were wearing. I want to know. <laughs> Bono. Bono specifically said that he liked my uh, my reginette, my whole wheat reginette with uh, veal and mushroom ragu when I was at Lincoln. What? He specifically told the server he liked it. So that's cool. How about that? Thanks, Bono. Shout out to Bono. <laughs> Put that on your LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, de- I deleted the album that you automatically put on my iPod. It was terrible. <laughs> Thank you for liking my pasta. Um, yeah, man. Like uh, Brian Cranston. Uh, oh, cool. Shaquille O'Neal, Blake Lively, a bunch of hedge fund managers nobody knows. Um, <laughs> David Letterman. Wow. Uh, right, so- Tom Cruise. I don't know. Like, a lot. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Questlove. Questlove one time. Yo, oh, that Questlove? is awesome. Dude, do you know what he got? He had a fro pick in his hair. He looked tight. What's up? <laughs> do, you, do you remember what he got? No, no. Is that per se? I mean, he got the tasting menu like everybody else. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what I was cooking that night. Yeah. Yeah. I that, that, that was the thing. The menu changed every single day, so. Yeah, that's pretty. Did you ever, so so like you uh, you said, you bring in an idea and see what Chef thinks. Did you ever have any, uh, any home runs with him where you say, hey, Chef, here's what I got? And he's like, that's great let's do it yeah yeah i mean it was a lot of ups and downs um i really kind of got into a sink and kind of a rhythm at one point uh okay. well, i was with the swing team which worked uh the lunch shift um three days a week and then dinner two days a week and i had a, a pretty good rapport with the stew chef there who who ran that that am team um and there's a couple of days where like in the middle of service i had something on the fly ready to go and he's like that sounds awesome like, great that was particular highlight of just it sounds so simple but when you're in the middle of like an intense service and you throw something out and they're like love it do it and it's you just feel like you're part of the team and everything's clicking and feels right and um that probably stood out a little bit but yeah as in general um the the whole team writes the menu at mm-hmm. the end of every service so after you've already worked like i don't know like 13 hours a really intense service it's like you all sit down and like okay what are we making tomorrow and everyone throws out ideas and you go like that but uh that was that was a little more kind of democratic i guess <laughs> yeah it's like a, it's like a writer's room well cool which at and, the end of the and, day is, is actually pretty hard i can <laughs> imagine so yeah, tired. you just want to go home go to sleep there was there was one day we were there till i can't i can't even remember it was close to 3 a.m this past i didn't get home until over past 4 a.m it was like 4 30 oh. to wake up at 8 30 to go back into work for another 14 hour day that's insane your girlfriend at the time wife now victoria was also mm-hmm. in the city where was she working because she because you met at the at the cia at the cia yeah so she was still doing construction um she still co-owns a, a construction company in Hudson valley she doesn't do anything with it anymore but at the time she was uh, doing stuff in connecticut maybe half an hour 45 minutes away um and the drive was getting a little much so she actually got a job at lincoln Mm. um when a pastry position became available so she did that and she was there actually for the rest of my time at lincoln so we worked together for a little bit um and then while i was at per se she was at lincoln as well so when you're done at uh per se uh Mm -hmm. you're actually at that point you're done with new york right is that when you moved to to maine yeah uh, honestly um i mean a I wasn't kidding when they said they like beat it out of me, man. Uh, I actually didn't want to cook anymore after that. Really? Really, really. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Thought maybe I wanted to get into the, the front of house wine thing. Maybe be like a sommelier. 
because I, I liked that in uh, college. I was pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe I'll do something with beer and kind of bounce around from different ideas. But like, truthfully, I knew I didn't really want to be a wine guy. I didn't want to be a beer guy. I like both of those things, but not enough to make it my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we moved to Maine because we always liked Maine. Uh, and Portland's a pretty solid food town. Ironically enough, uh, like the summer before we left New York, we went to Maine on like a weekend getaway. And it was the first year that a restaurant called Central Provisions had opened. Oh, yeah. Um, and we went there and like being still like the New Yorker and thinking that there's nothing good outside of New York because all the best stuff is in New York. That's a very conceited opinion that all New Yorkers have. And that's why everybody hates New Yorkers. Um, <laughs> I went to we, we both went to Central Provisions and had dinner there and we we're both like, this is a serious restaurant. Like we're not in a big city and this restaurant, like just watching the kitchen, it's an open kitchen, watching the chefs work. It's quiet, it's silent, it's professional, it's clean. Uh, the dishes were like amazing. And I was like, I kind of got in my head. I was like, I could work someplace else besides New York and be okay. Yeah. And obviously, fast forward five years later, and now I'm the sous chef there, which I never yeah. planned on or dreamed about, but pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I didn't think I wanted to keep cooking when we moved to Maine. Got a job as a kitchen expediter, the guy who basically runs the pass, all the tickets come in, your air traffic control, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, firing the dishes in the kitchen, sending them out with the servers, making sure everything runs smooth. I um, thought that was a good kind of bridge between cooking and being front of house. Eventually became the floor manager, eventually became the general manager of that restaurant. And I was there for like almost three years. And I realized like halfway into it that I hated being front of house. <laughs> uh, I hated it. I, it. It's almost like cooking in the way that you... Um, everything sort of becomes a technique and a routine the same way. Like I don't know the way you play a scale is, is technique and it's routine. You don't really think about doing it, basing a fish, a piece of fish or something like that, or glazing vegetables. It's like, sure. When you're out there with the guests and you're schmoozing, like I just realized I wasn't even in control of what I was saying. I just had like the same, like one liners that I knew got laughs and I had the same, I basically became like a, a robot. I became totally soulless and I was so bitter and resentful about being there because I hated the job. And then as soon as the door would open, I would just be like, Mr. Smile, gracious host robot again. And I was like, this fucking sucks. So um, I got a job at Central Provisions as a, as a line cook, as a morning line cook. And I kept working through everything and became a sous chef uh, last year. So I've been at it for a little over, I've been there for two years now for a sous chef for a little more than one. But. Right. Selfishly, I uh, I love Portland. Uh, I've mm-hmm. I think I, I think I started going up there when I was living in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and uh, and you and Victoria were there. I think that was really my first time there, and, and since then I've, I've you know seen a bunch of concerts there, uh, gone up to visit you guys quite a bit, and um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm consistently blown away by all the food there, um, all of the uh, the breweries there, the scene there is just is just really something. Um, do you have a favorite place in town other than, you know, I, I imagine you like central quite a bit. Do you have like a favorite, if you got to pick one place for dinner or maybe, maybe go uh, to a brewery first, then, then go to a, a place for dinner, uh, where would you go and what would you get? Like as far as breweries go, there's Portland has so Portland many, has it's ridiculous. 70,000 people, like not even, I mean, in the greater area, I guess it's, it's more than that, but like it's a small town, man. It's smaller than Manchester, New Hampshire. Yeah, it is. And wow. It, 
if we got voted, I think it was like Bon Appetit magazine. I think it was Bon Appetit said we were the number one food city in America hmm. this past year. So um, it's pretty wild. Uh, one place. I don't know. Are we doing lunch? Or are we doing dinner? What are we having? All right. You know what? Let's uh, let's 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 modify it a bit. So how about breakfast, lunch, and dinner? A whole day. That's perfect. How about it? Yeah. Let's, <laughs> okay. That's a little. That's a little better. So so for breakfast. Uh, we're actually not going to go to Portland, but I'm going to call it Portland anyway because it's in the greater Portland area. But it is – it's the best breakfast place now. It's called Palace Diner in Bitterford. Uh-huh. 30 minutes down the road, it is uh, – it's an old box car. Oh, wow. Like literally like a train box car, and they have like – it almost – the place looks like – it's like a lean-to against a box car. And it is so like – authentic and true to what you want it to be it's the diner place they have you know, like james brown and the temptations on like the the speakers and they serve like black coffee and the guy's always like what'll it be and you know it's like <laughs> two people who work it and they're quick and it's just like it's awesome it's such a great place um, but if we have to be in portland it's honestly palestine is actually seriously one of my favorite restaurants i, I count that well, what, so do you, what do you get there what do you order uh, the tuna melts that you don't think that you need the iceberg that much iceberg on a tuna melt they know what they're doing you do you do need it it makes it that much better Man. um and the the royale with cheese it's like two patties they cook it like rare it's so mm. fantastic you can get beer there too if it's that oh, kind yeah. of day yeah <laughs> um but they actually have a, another restaurant in town that does uh breakfast it's called rose foods and it's like classic jewish deli you get your white fish pickles on uh, homemade bagels and bagels are terrific so mm-hmm. my my first choice is palace runner-up same company is rose foods okay. for breakfast cool lunch right. where are we going for lunch yeah what's for lunch mm, actually those people are really blown up because they have a new sandwich spot called ramona's is really good they're doing sandwiches um but i'm actually going to stay I don't know the honey paw. I guess I'd say the honey paw. Sure, I've actually been the oh, honey paw. Yeah, I, can, I can. I mean, I'd say eventide, but you can't get into eventide. Yeah, yeah. I'll say the honey paw. Get noodles, okay. chicken wings, something like that. Okay. And then go to a brewery. Maybe go to Oxbow, or Rising Tide, or Good Fire, or Lone Pine, or Allagash. Allagash is still, in my opinion, but they're kind of the gold standard. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I've been to. I've been all of those with you. Um, mm-hmm. We also went to Maine Beer Company. Um, I guess that was in January. Uh, I like that place a lot. I don't know. Where, where, where would you rank them? Maine Brewing? Maine yeah. Brewing is great. That facility is really fantastic. It's beautiful. It's brand new. They spent a lot of money on it. But it's a <laughs> beautiful space. No, seriously. I mean, it's like, I guess you sold a lot of IPA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a treehouse down here, too. I think two roads. I haven't been to to two roads but i i hear their place is pretty mad i think they spent like i don't know over two million dollars maybe it was, maybe it was just two million on a re- renovation um mm. but but yeah uh treehouse is, is massive too i mean some of these breweries man they're they're, they're doing something right because yeah like you said they have these just massive buildings right um, like we're already drinking your beer <laughs> <laughs> how much return are you gonna get on that investment maybe a lot i don't know yeah, man, yeah. i don't know like events and stuff there it's crazy oh i bet i i've seen uh i've seen some breweries do weddings uh yeah 
you know, that kind of thing. So, all right, what's for dinner? Where are we going? I'm man, I'm I'm trying to pick a spot. Like, I guess I love Baharat. I think they have a great wine. Uh, I mean, cocktail program. Mm-hmm. Um, their bartender is really fantastic. Bar manager actually. Um, Cheval is always very good. I even had like really good meals at Scales too. Uh, it's owned by the same people who own Fourth Street. Um, mm. has, they do a really nice job over there. Some really nice uh, food coming out of the kitchen. It's it's kind of touristy. It's on the the main drag, I guess you could say. But um, definitely some talent in the kitchen. Every time I've gone, the food's really good. So, wow. I don't know. One of, one of those. One of them is definitely going to be full. So if one of them's full. You got to go to the other one. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, well, yeah. So, um, Tom, thanks for telling us a bit about yourself and, uh, and, and what you've done and everything. I obviously am, uh, sitting here with, uh, Mr. Adam Rand. We got some other questions that are uh, a little less, uh, interviewee, a little more general discussion. And it's funny because when we started talking about this podcast, we brainstormed for, I think it was four hours. It was a Do long you remember time. that? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was it, almost too long. It was almost too, but but just almost too long. <laughs> and and we and we covered a lot of stuff. And, and and I ran away with this food one, and and Adam did too. We we just had a bunch of random questions because obviously everybody's got a lot of different tastes. They've got a lot of things that they like, a lot of things that they don't like, and uh, some of those uh, to me are surprising. Uh, like I'm, I mean, I've recently found out like. I don't know, a couple weeks ago, that you don't like pickles, Adam? Yep, I do not like pickles. What's not to like? What kind of pickles? Name a pickle. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) So I think a lot of it has to do with the the amount of, like, vinegar that's used. I had a pretty bad experience with vinegar, actually, back in high school. Uh, Sophomore year, I was all excited. I was so excited because my first year on snare, I was, like, thinking I was hot shit. You know, I was just like, yeah, I'm on the fucking snare line. Like, what's up? <laughs> and I show up to band camp, like, first or second day. And, you know, like, we're all wearing those camel backs. And, oh, God. Yeah. So I, I thought I'd be cool and hip. And instead of having conventional water, I was like, you know what? I want some Powerade in my camel back. So my parents, like, got the camel back out of the basement. My dad's like, oh, yeah, like, I'll clean it out, like, make sure there's nothing, like, no no mold growing in it or there, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, I'll just, I'll, I'll drench the thing in vinegar. That'll kill whatever. So he, like, fills the camel back with vinegar, <laughs> fills the tube with vinegar. And, like, I preface to my mom, I'm like, please, please make sure all that vinegar is out. She's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. It's, like, it's all good. She empties the tub but didn't empty the tube. So I'm like sitting there in the blazing hot sun at nine in the morning and I'm like, all right, first big swig of Powerade. And I suck down like the biggest mouthful of just pure vinegar and I thought I was going to vomit. Like, it was it was horrible. So that traumatized me. And okay. anything with vinegar, like if that's like the dominant flavor, I just I, I lose it. So, okay. So, but that's but that is that a pickle thing though? I mean, I guess yeah. There's a lot of a vinegary taste. But what about like the the actual flavor of the pickle? Uh, can't get past the vinegar. Yeah, I really can't. I mean, I, I mean, I was telling you, Chris, that uh, I did actually eat a pickle Saturday. And we're recording this on a Monday. Right. Um, and it was actually, like, pretty good because it was, like, flavored with this um, – they had these, like, red peppers in it, like these red hot peppers um, to give them some kick. And I liked the flavor. Like, the heat was really nice. It wasn't overpowering. It wasn't 
like unbearable, but I just couldn't. No. Oh, it's just. <laughs> uh, I, oh, All right. Nope. For me, for me, it's it's. Mine's a little weird because some days I'm okay with it and some days I can't do it. But mine's eggs, uh, especially if they're like you know like undercooked or well undercooked by my standards means not burned to a crisp. But like I, I like a I like an omelet if it's got a, a bunch of shit in it like. You know, love. you won't do a runny yolk at all. Well, I, here's the exception: when I went to your house and you made breakfast, maybe Victoria made breakfast, but you had fresh eggs from the chickens in your backyard. But I, I ate it then, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" But but just in general, I don't know, man. I can't, I can't do it. Well, have you ever had how did your on a burger before? Like, have you ever done like a breakfast burger before? Because so, those are really good. I. I haven't had a breakfast burger, but the the other exception is I had it on poutine once. So what about you, Tom? Do you have anything that you just? I mean, I know I know you to be a pretty adventurous eater, and uh, um, yeah, man. You know, I've I've become more adventurous by by going places with you, and uh, you know, just having you say, "Just eat this," and I'm like, "Okay." But is there anything that you just you just can't touch? Uh, no. I mean, human flesh. <laughs> no, no, I don't think I'm gonna do that one. Um, I mean, I've had. Basically every kind of uh, awful or like uh, organ meat, variety meat, they're sometimes <laughs> called. Brain, eyes, kidneys, testicles, liver, stomach. Not lungs. I've never had lungs. I've had horse. I had a horse one time. You had a horse? On purpose? Yeah. Yeah. Both times. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I had, one time I, uh, um, I was in Honduras on the when I was doing the ship gig, and uh, we went to... <laughs> We went to apparently so the the saxophone player. This is like my third week on board, um, and the saxophone player in the band is from North Carolina. And I guess down in North Carolina, there's a uh, fried chicken chain called Bojangles. I don't know if either of you are familiar. Mm-hmm. I, I was not. Um, so he yeah. finds out that uh, on this in uh, Roatan, Honduras, there's a Bojangles. So <laughs> we get off the ship. He's like, "We're we're finding it." And so we go. Sure enough, uh, we we go into uh, the taxi cab, and. Uh, my buddy says Bojangles. It's like, oh, Bojangles. Okay, so we drive, get there. Bojangles, sure as shit, right there. Uh, like in this, like I want to say strip mall, but obviously, you know, it's, they don't really have those in a country like that. So uh, we go in, and you look at the menu, and it says, you know, three piece chicken tender, whatever, blah blah blah. And then I see buffalo bites. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, I like I like buffalo. I like spicy stuff. So cool. I go up and I order that, and I get a little like paper cup <laughs> that says Bojangles on it, and it's full of fried chunks of something and so i eat it and i'm like sitting there and uh my buddy got his like chicken tenders he's eating. he's like how's your food i'm like all right it's a little weird and he's like can i see that so he takes a look he's like can i try one i'm like yeah go for it and he tries it and he chews on it and he's like yeah it's iguana I'm like I'm like what what <laughs> he's like yeah i just i had i had it uh, i've had it before that's that's definitely iguana and uh and and I, I didn't I thought I was gonna be like like spit it out, like, you know, have like that kind of visceral like bleh, reaction, but I was just like, huh. And I think I had another. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, I'm not hungry. But but the texture I guess is close enough that it's passable. I, I don't know. It's it's very strange. Weird. But yeah, but I don't I don't know if that's uh I don't know if that's as weird as eyes <laughs> or half the other shit that you just said. <laughs> I guess so. Is iguana like alligator? You think you ever had alligator? I've never had alligator. Uh, I, I I would imagine it's it's pretty close. I mean, I 
Have hmm. you ever had alligator? Mm-mm. No, no. I don't know. I I want to say I want to like say swamp pork. Said it tastes like chicken. I don't know. What does horse taste like? It's swamp pork, man. It's it's a little bit like chicken, but it's a little. <laughs> it's oh. it's a little like got some bayou to it. It's got a little. Uh, I guess that's crocodiles. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's got it's got a little. Uh, they are different. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know. I've got a little pond smell to it a little bit. Not not crazy, but. Um, but yeah, it's like right. somewhere between pork and chicken. Pork okay. and chicken meets a pond. Have <laughs> <laughs> really I sold it? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adam and I got into this a little bit in the first episode, but I want to get your take. So, what is your favorite non-alcoholic drink? Coffee. Coffee. Yeah. How do you take it? Uh, I mean, if it's like the grocery store stuff, that's not amazing, like pre-ground stuff. I'll just have it with cream, maybe a little maple syrup if i'm feeling fancy or sugar sure. um, but if it's good coffee i'll just drink it black how about your favorite alcoholic drink i mean i mean within that there's obviously wine and beer and cocktails or whatever but uh maybe maybe uh, top three because i know you uh you know quite a few you mean like like a specific wine or like a specific liquor yeah, yeah. What do you mean? okay um i like wine i like wine a lot that's that's kind of like an open thing um i don't think i could specifically give you like a you know like a producer of varietal i mean i guess we could but um no, i'll say my favorite spirit is like mezcal i love mezcal beer i've kind of gotten a little more into like the east coast ipas i like those a lot a little juicier instead of just like chewing on a penicillin like some of the west coast ones that i'm not a big <laughs> fan of <laughs> yeah man it's so bitter it's like all it is like i don't know how, it's like it's they make you it's like they put so much hops in there that they want you to not like it. Like, yeah, I've had I've had some. Like, yeah, see, shove it in your face. <laughs> I've had some that are like that, uh, and I guess there's a bit of a limit. But I've had some that are just like over the top. Like, oh god, punch you yeah. in the face with a handful of hops. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, what about um, how about breakfast in general? What, do you have like a, a go to? Like, wake up in the morning, you're starving. Well, how about breakfast cereal? What, do, what Adam? What do you, what's what's your go to breakfast cereal if you had to pick one? Really? Because mine, my, mine's right off the top of my head. Oh man! See, that's the problem. Like, if I if I could cinnamon toast crunch. What's that? Okay, cinnamon toast crunch. Ooh, yeah, that's a solid pick. Yeah, Tom, you're not. Aren't you a big fan of uh, Cookie Crisp though? You ate a lot of that one time. Do you not remember I, that? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Uh, <laughs> you guys, oh my god, yeah. So so well, it's called Cookie Factory. <laughs> I, I remember yeah, that. It's called Cookie it was, Factory. Yeah, it was Market Basket store brand Cookie Crisp. Well, for for anybody listening that doesn't already know, obviously the three of us went to high school together, and uh, you know, Londonderry, New Hampshire, great town, good people, uh, not much to do. No. Uh, so we on weekends or after school, you know, junior senior year, uh, we just kind of resorted to just eating way too much of something. And uh, you guys, I wasn't there for this one, but you guys apparently decided to buy cereal that comes in bags from Market Basket and try and. Try and finish three, the whole three bag. pound bags right? of cereal. Yeah, it was. It how was, how big were they? Three pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was on our way down to uh, Obama's first inauguration, I believe, and it was like teams of two, mm-hmm. and I don't know. The marching trip. The yeah. Band trip. Yeah. Yeah. The whole bus smelled like Cookie Factory. It was <laughs> fucking disgusting. It was so bad. It's so gross. Did it? How did the taste compare to the real deal? Well, pretty comparable. 
Yeah. Right. But too much of anything is is never good. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, cinnamon toast crunch. What, what did you do? You got one? <sighs> Cocoa puffs, I guess. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say Reese's or Reese's puffs. That's what mm-hmm. they're called. Uh, but as soon as Tom said crunch, I'm like, oh no, peanut butter crunch. Ooh. I'm, I think mine's I think mine's peanut butter crunch. That shit tears up your nose though. That's yeah, worth it. It sure does. <laughs> I, will pay, I will pay that price. It is delicious. Um, all right. Well, what about? Um, I mean, breakfast in general. That's pretty. That's pretty broad. You, you mentioned bagels before. Do you have a favorite? I mean, I, I like a good everything bagel with cream cheese and locks. Do you? Do you have a preference? Oh yeah. Yeah. What do you? What do you? Yeah, do you like? I usually get that on there. I'll usually get the tomato, onions, and capers on there too. In addition to that. Mm-hmm. The cream cheese and the locks. It's my go You gotta have the capers on there. Sure. What kind of bagel? Uh, everything or garlic or sea salt. What about you, Adam? Usually everything is yep. what I go for. Uh, cream cheese for sure. Um, throw some chives on there. Uh, you know, maybe some maybe, maybe some onion. Not an onion bagel though. That's too much onion. Uh, all right. What about pizza topping? Does pineapple belong on pizza? People have very strong feelings about this. I think it's okay. What what is what does Tom think? I think pineapple is right okay with me, man. Um, <laughs> I Hawaiian pizza is like one of my favorite pizzas, honestly. Oh, yeah. I love I love pineapple on pizza. Okay, what do you think? Honestly, I have no uh, I have no stake in this game really? because I don't. Uh, I'll eat pineapple and like a fruit. Uh, mix or like a smoothie or whatever, but uh, I have yet to honestly try a Hawaiian pizza, so oh, I can't, man. I cannot give you my honest mm. opinion. Okay, we'll so I have no stake in this game. Okay, all right, interesting. Well, well, so what do you? What's your go-to on a pizza? What do you like? Uh, honestly, it's it's always safe to get uh, pepperoni for me. I know mm. I'm a simpleton in terms of that. No, but I agree. A solid pepperoni pizza. That's when you know a pizza place is good. Cause yep. you can't really, I mean, fuck that up then. You, you <laughs> pro- <laughs> probably, what are we doing here? Yeah. You probably yeah. should not be making pizza in general. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, think like, about something else. Yeah. Pepperoni, uh, Supreme pizza is always good. I've always liked adding, um, like I'll make my own pizza sometimes and I'll do like pepperoni mushrooms, uh, peppers, sometimes black olives, but I gotta be. Oh, you know I gotta what? be in the mood for that. That's that's my. I can't do. I can't do olives. Mm. I can't do them at all. It's the what? taste. It's the smell. It's oh god. Yeah. Okay, what about ones that are not from a can? Because those ones taste kind of metallic. I, I don't know, man. I, 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 every olive that I have ever had is just repulsive. If if <laughs> but but see, here's the thing, Tom. If if I'm like. If I'm, you know, with you and we're at like a farmer's market, I don't know if they sell olives at farmer's markets if, or we're at a restaurant. Not around here. No? No, maybe not. What if, 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 not if a whole lot of olive me, trees in New England. Maybe not. <laughs> you're, you're probably right about that. But if you gave me an olive like that was like fresh and like, you know, really good and said, well, try this, I would try it. But I would, I, I can tell you I'd probably hate it. <laughs> well, I mean, you might. I mean, olives, you can, you can literally, they're inedible fresh. You have to cure them, usually like in lye and then put them in uh, some kind of solution or oil to like marinate them mm-hmm. but uh Interesting. Well, yeah i mean it, it's probably that process that you don't like it's a pretty distinct flavor yeah, it could be well it's, yeah not not for me but what what about you what do you what's your uh what's your your go-to on a pizza uh i mean i always like cured meat of some kind mm-hmm. i love pepperoni um 
you know, like soprasada or some kind of like spicy pork sausage is usually really good. Maybe a little like chili oil, parmesan, oregano. Call it a day. <laughs> there you go. Actually, you know, no, I mean, I didn't expect any of us to say anchovies, but has anyone ever eaten? Yeah. I've never had an anchovy. Nope. Tom probably has. What? I've never had of one. Of course I have. They're on our menu. Of course they are. Like, literally, it's just anchovies. It's That's anchovies it. on a board. That's it. I mean, like, we put stuff on them. But... What do they taste like? Do they just Are they just, like, super salty? Yeah. I mean, they taste like fish. They taste like oily fish, which is a delicious flavor. Do you eat the whole thing? Um, we get... Yeah. I mean, well, you can. Like, right. we, we have, like, fillets. There might be little bones. The bones are usually really small. You can just go right through them. But okay. Um, we get really nice ones that are packed in, like, oil and vinegar from uh, Spain caught off the coast of spain they're super good they're like a little sweet too well all right well moving away from pizza what do you what do you put on a hot dog tom well uh never ketchup never that's, ketchup that's never ketchup uh, never why ketchup why never ketchup why because it's a sausage okay it's a frankfurter right <laughs> you don't put ketchup on a sausage that's insane ketchup is already like sweet Oh. And you already have like some natural sweetness in a sausage. It's ugh, in a hot dog. So weird. A, hot dogs aren't usually not on a hot dog, man. All right, all right. Or well, so, all right. so um, you know, I go, I go like mustard and sauerkraut, like a okay, like a normal person should. <laughs> <laughs> but I also like the Chicago style dog mm. that has a little like uh, the pickled sport peppers and celery seed in there too. Sometimes it can come with ketchup, but I don't put it on mine. Okay, I put fucking everything on there like what do you got i'll put it on. I, I do ketchup i'm i'm one of those heathens I, i'm putting ketchup on a hot dog most of the country does i i understand i'm in the minority here <laughs> okay good well we're on the same page there uh that you're in the minority but yeah I, i'm also putting but it's a fight worth having yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what you're sticking to your guns i respect that um yeah well i i would say yellow mustard but honestly i, I like spicy mustard on there too but relish give me some chopped red onions adam shaking his head uh, oh, yeah. I, I would, Onions are good too. I, I I would say those four. I mean, if there's other stuff, maybe I'll think about it. But I mean, if you have if you have three of those four, then then I'm okay. What? But what, Adam? What what did I just say that that made you shake your head? Oh, the relish. I can't. I can't do relish. relish? Oh, well, of course. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's, it's literally chopped pickles. Well, yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's chopped the thing he hates. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right. So what what do you put on there? Well, Tom's probably just going to disconnect after I say this, and that's understandable. But I'm just—I I, I will literally just put ketchup on a hot dog, and I am a happy man. Only like, ketchup? Yep. You put it on a bun? What? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Listen, man, to each their own, you know. But... No, I know. I—I—I I, I, I get it. I mean, my dad looks at me like I'm an idiot every time I put ketchup on a hot dog. He's like, "Why aren't you putting mustard on that like a normal person?" Didn't I raise you right? Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I hear it all the time, but I don't care. Mm. Ketchup all the way. All right. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Tom. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. Why do you say that? And In a way, I don't know. You have like bread and you have meat and you eat it out of your hands. Yeah. What, define a sandwich. I don't yeah, know. I, I, Seems I like it's that. it. Uh, no, disagree. Sandwich and, and, and Tom. Uh, I, you you have every right to tell me to stay in my lane, but I think a sandwich has two slices of bread and something in between. I don't know. I think a hot dog. You got a hot dog bun. That's it's connected. It's it's one piece of bread there, and then you got the hot dog in the middle. It's like it, to me, it's like I don't know. Does that make any sense? I mean, Am I alone on this. I guess if you're saying that it has to be two pieces of bread is like the bookends. That that's the definition of a sandwich. 
I mean, that's what it is to me. I mean, okay, so so then a hamburger is a sandwich? Yeah. Okay. Uh, then a taco is not... Taco's not a sandwich. Okay. Or like yeah. a gyro. Well, but that's a... I don't think a wrap or like a gyro or like a pita, I don't think those are sandwiches either. Right. right. Okay. Right. I want to see where you... Like, yeah, I guess so. Then I guess it isn't a sandwich because it's not two slices of bread if that's the definition. But well, I don't know if it. It's will, all it's all in the same fun. family. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I heard I heard an old wives' tale once oh. upon a time that sandwiches used to be open faced until people were playing cards and they wanted to eat while they were playing cards, and that's when the the, the top oh, half of the bread came into play so that you could multitask. Interesting. But again, so the rumor is. The rumor is that it was the Earl of Sandwich who made that request, which is where we get his name. Interesting. Because hmm. what? what now you know. Work? How about steak? If you're having a steak dinner, uh, whether you're making okay. it or you're or you're going to a restaurant and ordering, what what do you think is the best option? I mean, it's sort of like anything else. I guess it's, for yep. for me, uh, I would say probably ribeye or i would say new york strip hmm. um yeah there's a little bit more flavor in there i mean ribeye has a lot more intramuscular fat so it's gonna have a lot more flavor mm-hmm. um but it also depends on kind of how they're cooking it and who's cooking it i guess sure. so um i mean ribeye can be a little bit tougher have a little bit more chew Mm-hmm. Tenderloin is obviously the most tender, but it has no fat or virtually no fat in the in the fibers, so it's very lean but really tender. So, you know, you can actually even there's like a, a chuck steak kind of where the the rib meets the shoulder, mm-hmm. and you can get some slices out of that that have a ton of intramuscular fat, and it has a little bit of chew. But um, if you you know how to cook it, you can get a lot of flavor out of it. Um, but I also like hanger, I like skirt steaks. I like tri-tip. I like sirloin. I don't know. I mean, yeah, everybody's the king, I guess. Yeah, it's not. I guess it's not really something that you can just pick one of. It's a toss-up to me. If I go out uh, to like a you know a restaurant and order a steak, it, it's a toss-up for me between like a ribeye or a fillet. I guess it really depends. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, also you know, like yin I... and yang, man. Those are like opposites. Well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, they do taste completely different, and I, I guess you know you can't really can't really pick one or the other in terms of saying you know one is superior i guess but you should get the porterhouse man it's sort of like the best of both worlds <laughs> oh my god i could i could i'm such a slow eater it would take me probably two weeks to eat a porterhouse <laughs> well you usually share it with someone you get the very romantic porterhouse for two with the oh, no, on a sure. california cab and nope. you get your sterling or, or your uh, your strip but you also get the the tenderloin touch no it's all mine <laughs> uh, all right what, what what's yours adam do you have to do you have a favorite yeah my go-to is usually filet okay yeah nice yeah well and i assume we're all i mean ordering it like medium rare tom might go well actually i i, I should say i go medium rare i don't know what you guys do what do you yeah. do adam well done all the all the wet no i'm with, just kidding with, with ketchup yeah, yeah. yep yeah nice. it really brings out the best flavors is uh, ketchup no nice. um medium rare for sure okay and tom yeah, I mean, medium rare. Like, I've cooked, had to cook so many well-done steaks before and well-done cuts of meat because it's, you know what, though? If someone's spending the money and they want to go out and enjoy themselves and that's what they want, then that's, I guess. that's what you got to give them. Just throw it at them, right? Like, <laughs> you're an idiot. You just wasted this good cut of meat. <sighs> so you, you do a slap shot. Yeah, yeah. Maybe internally, but. 
Yeah, just yeah, just bottle that up. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, all right. Uh, what do you do? You, do you have favorite sides? I mean, for me, it's it's mashed potatoes and broccoli. I mean, if you yep. give me you give me a solid steak, whatever ribeye, fillet, whatever, some mashed potatoes, some broccoli, glass of Laphroaig or Log of Lewin, I'm a happy camper. Uh, I mean, I love cream spinach. That's another good one. All right. Uh, I love mac and cheese. At it. Steakhouse does that right. Or, sure. You know, some steakhouse, you can just get a side of bacon. Like, that's just a thing that they do. Oh, my God. You just get bacon on a plate with your steak. So, I'll say mac and cheese, and I'll say bacon. Damn, I've never had bacon with a steak. That... Well, I've had, like... I've had steak wrap bacon. Yeah, I get... You or... bacon wrap steak. <laughs> bacon wrap steak. <laughs> it can be done. Yeah. <laughs> Anything is possible. <laughs> Oh man, we were we were almost on this topic with the hot dogs. But what do you what do you put on a burger? I don't know, like onions, pickles, maybe lettuce, tomato, mm-hmm. mayo, maybe ketchup. Maybe. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'll put some ketchup on there. Yeah. But pickles, definitely pickles on a burger. Nice. Adam, it's the way to have a burger, man. Tom, uh, join I'm us. Just, I'm just going to unrespectfully disagree and Under- say that. <laughs> That pickles are so, just disgusting. I, they I aren't. Know. They aren't. They're beautiful. And, and again, you know what? I, I, I'm in Chris's boat, Tom. If you find like a pickle and you say you need to eat this pickle right now, I will try that pickle. But I can almost guarantee you that I will not like it. <laughs> Have you experimented with like the half and whole sours, the the, the fermented pickles, the Jewish style? No, here's a imagine like here's a big bowl of eggs, Chris. Have have, have a couple. Well, I would maybe try. <laughs> I would I would want to know, you know. What if the eggs were deviled? I I don't know, man. My Chelsea really Chelsea makes them like a couple times a year, um, and she I mean they look nice, but it's just I don't know it's the smell. It's just the I don't know. I, next time next time I next time she makes them. Uh, or next time I'm in the presence of a deviled egg, I will try it. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to like it. Uh, all right. Well, moving right along. How about Chinese food? I, I think I think almost everybody has like a go-to. And I and I, I'm going to probably retire the the phrase "go-to" after this episode because I think it's every other word that I'm saying. But do you have a favorite, Adam? Do you have an order that you get almost every time, or do you switch it up? So my go-to, Chris, oh, would have it. to be uh, going to start with scallion pancakes. Those are always very good. Okay. Um, then General Gao's chicken. Yes. Um, right. 100%. And yes. then Let's do it. shrimp fried rice. Without Let's order some right now. Those, yes, please. Those are my those are my top three um, go-tos, if you will. All right. Well, how about how about Tom? What do you what do you, what what's, uh, what do you like to order? Uh. I think it's the D twenty eight. Yeah, it's 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 like you know, like General Tso's, like uh, crab rangoons and fried rice, all that shit. Like uh, like Adam, you said with the with the pepperoni pizza, t- determining if the pizza place is any good. For me, it's a crab rangoon. If they make a good crab rangoon, then I'm I'm pretty much sold. But I mean, that's just one. I am always I'm curious as to what it is because it's definitely not crab. Definitely not. I think it's like that imitation. um, You know, like it must be imitation crab, right? And with the cream cheese and the cream stuffed in with wonton and fried. There's a lot of options. See, there's also a lot of options with sushi. I don't know. Do you do sushi, Adam? Mm -mm. You don't do sushi? Nope. Oh man, I'll do like a tuna roll, but like that's far as I'm. No, we got to make a. This guy's 
guy doesn't even like food. <laughs> doesn't like pickles. Yeah. He doesn't like sushi, and he puts ketchup on a hot dog. Yeah, I know. I'm the uh, I'm the culinary's worst <laughs> worst uh, patron. Yeah, I like my toast with nothing on it. Yeah, can I just get a dry, dark just, piece of toast? Just and just cook it just really. Burn it. Just burn it. Tom, what about what about you for sushi? I like eel and avocado. I guess. Uh, I've never had salmon, cucumber, spicy tuna. You know, usual suspects. Sure. I like a rainbow roll. I like that one. That's usually a little bougie for me. I like the, the ones that are like four or five bucks a roll. Oh, yeah, and you get like 40 of them. <laughs> the dragon roll is pretty, but it's like 13 bucks. What are you going to do with pieces. that? Yeah, it, isn't that that's the one you with, the, had... with the crab uh, sticking out, right? Yeah. Um, that's a uh, spider roll. Oh, spider roll, yeah. You think it's spider roll? Yeah, it's for a soft shell crab. But for the price of one dragon roll, you could have had like three spicy tunas. So that's I can eat a lot of sushi. <laughs> you know what when we can go to a sushi place adam i'm looking at you we're going all right and you're gonna try if you should go to like a like a real sushi place like a good one. Oh yeah well i usually get my sushi from like the mobile down the street that's usually the people say that's the best sushi to get that's probably not yikes fish yeah <laughs> or if it is fish it's probably been dead <laughs> long time. way too long oh yeah, god i wouldn't eat that I did have sushi from a place, though, uh, called Ichiro in uh, West Hartford. That was really good. Okay. Huh. I had some spi- I-, I did have spicy tuna there, and that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, Tom, obviously, I mean, New York City is, there's so much food. <laughs> there's so many different kinds of it, too. Indeed. But, but, um, but what about sushi in New York? Do you, did you have a favorite place? Uh, I mean, I had a really memorable meal at a, a restaurant called Sushi Nakazawa. Did you ever watch that Jiro Dreams of Sushi documentary? Uh, I have not seen it, but I've heard a lot about it. Oh, it's it's magical. It's you should watch it. <laughs> I will. Um, yeah, it's on the list. He's a very lovable old Japanese curmudgeon, and he never misses a day of work. <laughs> really, it's really fascinating. You should actually watch it. Um, but yeah. anyway, in that documentary, um, there's one scene where like he's working with one of his apprentices, and his apprentice brings in this uh, this egg custard. It's like just slightly sweet. It's but it's apparently very very difficult to master. It's served at the end of a meal traditionally, and the uh, Jiro says basically like yeah that's good. And the guy like goes outside and he like weeps because it's the first time that like he made this thing and it was acceptable. And he had like spent all these years in this this crazy sushi restaurant uh, learning the craft. And he opened his own place in New York City and. Uh, I got to go, I guess, um, and it was really fantastic. But it's like six guys back there working silently, slicing the fish to the order, and it's all nigiri style, a little bit of rice with a piece of fish over that, and there's no, you don't dip it in anything. Everything is perfectly seasoned already. He's already got the wasabi. He's already got the soy or, or whatever else he might have on there, and that was really, really mind-blowing. It was like, best sushi I've ever had. Right. Changed the game for sure, like, Okay. As far as like what I thought sushi was gonna be, he's not the only one in New York that's doing that. But all right, well, how about how about the sweeter stuff? What about dessert? What's your favorite dessert, Tom? I don't eat a ton of dessert. Uh, I do like cookies, I like cookie dough. And... <laughs> I mean, why wait? Let's just let's go <laughs> pre cookies <laughs> or future cookies. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I I don't know, man. Like, uh, 
That's a solid answer. Uh, eclairs. I don't know. Like, I, I, I like everything. There's, there's nothing I don't really don't love. I, I guess pie. I love pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's not to like? Who the fuck doesn't love pie? Banana cream pie. Ban- coconut banana cream pie. Warm blueberry pie. Uh, pecan pie. Cherry pie. Oh, God. He's, he's gone. We've Peach him. cobbler. Tom. But that's Tom, a, come that's back. a whole Tom. other... I mean, is cobbler a pie? If, if a hot dog is in the sandwich, is cobbler pie? What's that? <laughs> no, I don't truthfully know what cobbler is. So, I'm not the right person to ask. But what about ice cream? Do you have a favorite kind of ice cream? Um, I don't know. I like so many flavors of ice cream, yeah. it, and it all depends on like what kind of ice cream I'm I'm getting. Like, if I'm getting soft serve, there's actually a great place in Burlington, Vermont, where you can get soft serve, and I usually do. Um, the twist of uh, black raspberry and um, maple. Hmm. That combo is super good. Super, super good. Um, but in general, if I'm going to get like soft serve, I love a good chocolate. If I'm going to just sit down and enjoy like a nice like bowl of ice cream, I might do like, I don't know, coffee's always good or butterscotch is always good uh, i don't know it's tough ice cream's just really good i just <laughs> I, I i will always i i'm a dessert guy i've got such a sweet tooth that I oh will, man i will eat almost any dessert item put in front of me <laughs> yeah i like cookie dough uh it's it's i mean you can't beat it for my money uh, maybe cookies and cream like with the with like the oreo in there oh yeah that's good or like moose tracks or mm. or like peanut butter cup those are but but for me it's 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 cookie dough. I don't know. What's what do, what about you, Tom? Uh banana. Big fan of banana, like pistachio. Bana- like banana Heath Bar, cream? like some of the, the Heath Bar swirls in there. Oh yeah, Heath Bar, yeah. I, you I'm know, a big fan of that. That's Heath good Bar stuff. Is solid. I've never heard of banana ice cream. You never heard of banana ice cream? It's delicious. I've never heard of it. We yeah. we recently, the wife and I, the missus, uh, we had Hood brand ice cream. It was called, it was like one of the like New England series, and it was called something like Boston Commons Chow or something like that. I don't, I don't really understand. Something about Boston Commons. Anyway, it's corn ice cream. It has waffle cone. Yeah, like sweet corn. It tastes like, like, like cereal milk. Like you ever have like pop cereal? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It tastes like the milk from that made into a cereal, and then it's got like waffle cone pieces with chocolate and caramel. I think there's some that nuts in there really too. Good fucking fire so good <laughs> yeah i like the sound of that so, next time you go to the frozen dairy aisle not a paid endorsement by the way a pint of hood ice cream hashtag not a paid spot <laughs> hood brand ice cream yes <laughs> um all right I, I like that what about uh what about candy i got skittles if i'm going fruit or i guess non-chocolate and then <laughs> then i'd say butterfinger i friggin love butterfinger really oh yeah if you get like, stuck in your teeth like, it's worth it oh no it's worth it it's worth it all right i, I i'll eat a butterfinger but i'm not that's not my go-to oh it's mine <laughs> yeah it's mine what's yours then oh man probably a snickers okay I, like like I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think like halloween like when i was a kid and I went trick or treating like last year. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, you buzz light your costume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like what I would be excited about other than full bars in my Halloween bag. Hmm. Most of the time, it'd be Snickers. Mm-hmm. I was always giddy for a Snickers. That's <laughs> that's a good answer. No, I like that. All right, Tom. 
Snickers or Almond Joy. Almond Joy. Mm. Yeah. Really? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes <laughs> you don't. But usually I do. So I go oh, Snickers or Almond Joy. <laughs> so, Tom, to, to backtrack quite a ways, you mentioned at the beginning, like, getting into cooking, you were watching a lot of cooking shows. And I, I think since mm. then, I mean, I've definitely gotten into it. I, I love Chopped. Uh, I, I That's, like, my... What am I go to? Like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. I'll put chopped on. It's it's gonna be mindless entertainment. But I also like, uh, you know, like man versus food. You got me into Ugly Delicious. I've really been enjoying that. And I think um, Chef's Table. I think I watched that with you too. But um, do you have mm. any favorites or any recommendations? And like documentaries too, like uh, uh, like the sushi one you mentioned. Like, what 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 do you recommend? Yeah, um, I, I like one that I think PBS put out called The Mind of a Chef. Um, that was really good. Anthony Bourdain was actually one of the executive producers of that. I think they did three or four seasons and basically, uh, each episode's like 20, 30 minutes long and it follows a chef on one specific topic and maybe they'll do a demo. They'll visit, uh, a farmer or a producer of some kind of, uh, food item, fisherman, something like that. They talk a little bit about their philosophy about it and, um, definitely recommend the mind of a chef. There's some really great chefs on there. Um, that are worth listening to. Um, I think they do a good job with the Chef's Table series, but it's a little, I don't know, it's like, it's a little glamorized, you know, uh-huh. to put it lightly. Sure. I mean, there's it's nothing really like a day in the life of a chef. I mean, those, it's all hyper-stylized, and there's the classical music, and the, the, the wide lens with the, the wide aperture with the high resolution, and it's very, sure. like, it's, it's just kind of unrealistic. It's it's fun to watch, though. It's definitely fun to watch. Um, sure. But, yeah, it's uh, Mind of a Chef, I'd say, is okay. a really good one to check out. I still watch Top Chef. That show is still entertaining as hell to me. Oh, yeah, Top Chef. Oh, man. I haven't seen that in a long time. Is it still on? Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, I'll check that out. I've heard a lot about the great British baking uh, what, Bake Off baking show. Baking show? Yeah. yeah. Forgive, forgive me. I don't actually know what it's called, but I've never actually oh. seen that. Definitely steer clear of that show called Nailed It. Oh, no, thanks. I, God, I just saw that actually. Just, I, oh, is, that, is that on Netflix? It's Yeah, it's terrible. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look it's, really worth watching. It's just like, imagine if they made like that show about music, but instead it was just like, hi, I am like a tax attorney and I like music, but I can't play it. And then they just <laughs> butcher a song. And they just <laughs> fucking butcher a four, and it like lasts for four minutes long. You have to listen to it, and you're like, nailed it. That's, that's basically it, but with but with food. Yeah, I'll pass on that. Have you seen uh, the Chef Show on Netflix with John Favreau? Oh, you know, I, I have not yet, but I've heard good things. I liked his movie. That I think he did a really nice job with that movie. See that that's that's the funny thing. I want to see the movie, and I've yet to. But I've watched uh, the Chef Show, and I've kind of uh not kind of I've, I've enjoyed it a lot um but it's made me eager to see the movie so the fact that you you enjoyed it just kind of solidifies that i need to see yeah that, so yeah it's legit it's got like john Leguizamo and he's married to who's the uh sophia vergara so it's definitely like oh, yeah. fictional but yeah. right uh, yeah <laughs> but uh both out. yeah yeah it, it, it's a feel-good movie i like that one all right so for the last question you're on death row. I don't. I don't know what you did to get there, but you're up next on the old, the old electric chair. You got your last meal. What are you <clears throat> asking for? I'll start with Adam. Last meal. Yeah. Oh, 
Lobster. Okay. Lobster. What's what's with it? Give me the whole. Or are you just eating a lobster? Um. Well, I guess if I get sides, I mean. Oh well, yeah, it's the it's your last all right. meal. All right, all right. Lobster with side of mac and cheese. Um. Potatoes. Oh, baked potato. Uh, I'll say baked potato. Okay. And then. Uh, a tall glass of Coca-Cola. Okay. Ice in there? Oh, no? yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't like mm. ice on this one. Well, that's just me. All right. That's a, that's a pretty solid meal. I, I think that's a good one. What do you, What's Tom's? I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, it's something I've never thought of before. Um, okay. Well, so... so I, usually, I, 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 I have a pretty clean record. I don't usually commit crimes. But I can't imagine I'll do something that will warrant getting well, me to death row. I mean, but you can't <laughs> but, read the future, can you? <laughs> No, but I know my soul, you know. Do you? Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have. You know what? I'm gonna have Victoria's steak and cheese sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. My wife used to work at a, a diner when she was in high school, and she's actually a very good cook, and um, she makes like the best steak bomb I've ever had, including even uh, like places in Philadelphia that claim to be the originals or whatever. Mm-hmm. But. And every time I eat it, it makes me so happy, so full. And I just want to, like, lie. You know, it just makes me want to lie down and go to sleep. So if I was preparing to die, I think that would be a good last meal. There you go. Winner, uh, winner. I kind of said mine earlier, but I'll, I'll say it again. I would definitely get, um, give me, like, a, like a, I'll, I'll, go, I'll say filet mignon. Give me a solid filet mignon, medium rare, mashed potatoes, um, broccoli uh well if it's my last meal maybe i can get a, four, a third side in there i would say lobster mac and cheese uh and then give me a give me a glass <laughs> give me a glass of scotch uh and uh and yeah that's it for me i guess i'll see you on the other I'll side see you on the other side <laughs> after that but uh tom did you have anything else you wanted to talk about man i could i could talk for hours and hours so in lieu of having a whole nother podcast episode uh oh, for me <laughs> Well, we'd love to have you back. It was really cool to hear more about how you got involved and, and where you're at now, and it's been really cool to watch. I always enjoy going up to visit you because I, I know that you're either going to make some really good food or you're going to take me to eat some really good food, and so it's always a blast, and I'm looking forward to getting up there again. And if you ever come down here for some reason, Adam and I can take you to a couple of good spots. But, but yeah, no, it was. I, I'm, I appreciate you doing this, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Adam, it's nice to hear from you again. Yeah, same here, Tom. <laughs> All right, well. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to Tom for uh, for joining us this week. That was that was a lot of fun. That was. I like that conversation a lot, and uh, I like uh, I like trying a lot of different kinds of food, and I think some of the wildest shit I've ever had I've had with Tom, and. Um, and yeah, I mean, just get, it was cool to hear his perspective, hear more about his story and, uh, and relive some of those eating challenges oh that, my God, yeah. that you guys, I only did one or two mm-hmm. and I never completed it, but you guys, you guys went, went crazy. Yeah. 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 And that's, again, that's only scratching the surface. That was, oh, yeah. that was only one small, yeah. not disgusting instance of yeah. 
stupid stuff we did yeah in terms no. of food yeah the only one that i actually successfully finished was we all maybe you were there we went to fud ruckers yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Ate, the, ate the those massive massive yep. burgers you get the one pound burgers <laughs> yeah and uh, a side and that was like the base challenge and I, I did that and i don't think i've been closer to death i oh, yeah. wanted to friggin explode yep. and then uh if you wanted bonus points you would get a milkshake on top of oh, that. Oh, yeah. I did not. I couldn't do no, the milkshake. No I didn't even nope. try. Nope. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Uh, come back in a couple weeks. We'll have a brand new episode for you. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe to our Spotify, YouTube. Um, leave comments. Send us an email. Start following us on Instagram. Yeah. Um, also, take a tally of how many times Chris said go to. Yeah, yeah, you uh, don't make it a drinking game because um, <laughs> you'll probably pass out. You'll be dead. Check out Tom Barthelms on Instagram at Tom Barthelms. Uh, you can follow us at ran92860 at c.rob03 at oddcast underscore podcast01. You can shoot us an email at oddcastpodcast01 at gmail.com. And like Adam said, you can hear us on Spotify and YouTube. Um, yeah, until next time. Until next time.